characters because a lot of times, you know, Made in India, I think that's a, it goes beyond just those words. Like there's such a history and generations of craftsmanship that exist. And we hear so much about German engineering or French perfumery. And I think there's this, such a beautiful uh, rich history in what Made in India represents. And I wanted to show that in this beautiful luxury light. And, and I think, you know, Sebiasachi in fashion has done such a great job. And I really wanted to create that space in skincare to just show how luxurious Made in India can be. In today's episode, we have Michelle, founder of Ronbot, an Ayurvedic skincare line and haircare line that is revolutionizing the industry. Welcome to Building Billions, where we cover the risks and rewards of success. Welcome. Welcome to Building Billions. Excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Katrina. Of course. So walk me through this. You're now a beauty or skincare brand and hair care brand founder. How has that process been for you? It's been great. You know, it's been a five-year journey, but really feel like so many parts of my life, you know, whether it be my engineering background to working in finance, to being at a pharma company, um, being a mom, I mean, it's all really played into this, uh, into this experience. So it's been really cool. What inspired you to get started? You know, kind of what I hinted on earlier in the sense that so many different parts of my passions and what I learned in school combined with watching, you know, my parents build their own business, you know, after immigrating from India, I think a lot of that played into this desire to search for more and to see, you know, South Asian inspired beauty be on the shelves of a place like Sephora. I mean, that's something that I just didn't grow up with. And finally, you know, after having kids really connecting back with my roots and prioritizing my culture, I really found that that's something that I wanted to bring to everyone. So I think that's really at the heart of the brand and what inspired me to start. I think what keeps me going is just the feedback from the community, the products themselves, like just how how it's penetrated so many people's lives and how it reminds them of it. I mean, it's just really exciting to see it out into the real world. And that's definitely what keeps me going. Now you've, you've entered into a new marketplace where you are like telling people about Eastern philosophy and Eastern rituals. How has that been in this new landscape? I think it's been really rewarding. I think there was a huge white space where, you know, there wasn't, or, you know, people knew about yoga and meditation. I mean, just to give everyone um, some background. So South Asian beauty and skincare and hair care and just really everything holistically ladders into something called Ayurveda. And that's kind of just in the way that traditional Chinese medicine took the place of, you know, the ancient form of the industry of medicine. That's really what Ayurveda has done um, for India and really, you know, includes so much more than just beauty and hair. You know, many people already know about yoga, meditation, um, intermittent fasting, tongue scraping. I mean, I could go into it, but most of us, um, we may not know it's called Ayurveda, but have experienced some form of this. However, I think, you know, we didn't really put those two and two together. So even if a lot of these traditions or practices are available in the mainstream, we didn't really understand where it came from and what the origin story was. And so here's an idea or a time where we can pair that beautiful, rich origin story with the actual 
product, treatment, experience, ritual. And I think that's really powerful because now we're telling the whole story and not just part of it. And that's the beauty of Ayurveda, coming from an Eastern background as well. Like you find the root and you go to the root and then you solve the problem instead of topically solving the problem. So there's this beautiful synergy in like all the practices and all the different walks of life. Um, and growing up, you see it so much. What was the process of being of South Asian descent and like stepping into the space and like dominating it? I mean, I don't think I came into it thinking about that in any way. I honestly feel like I just was solving a problem for myself. I didn't think like, oh, this is a billion dollar idea or I want to create it because I can make a business out of it. Of course, I saw the potential in it, but really it was just a simple act of seeing that representation, seeing the effects or the efficacy of the products and the rituals themselves, and then kind of seeing the space for them to exist where they didn't before, changing the narrative. And that's really what you know inspired me to come up with the luxury element of the line. Like I really wanted the full sensoriality I think that's a word um, to be portrayed. You can make right? it a word. It's all yeah, right. we're making it up. But you know, I just I wanted the like textures because a lot of times, you know, made in India. I think that's a. It goes beyond just those words. Like there's such a history and generations of craftsmanship that exists, and we hear so much about German engineering or French perfumery and. I think there's this, such a beautiful, uh, rich history in what Made in India represents. And I wanted to show that in this beautiful luxury light. And, and I think, you know, Sabhi in fashion has done such a great job. And I really wanted to create that space in skincare to just show how luxurious Made in India can be. Um, and that's been really rewarding. And you have gone through the luxury vertical, like within your product, looking from the bottle to the way you've done your branding to the actual communication of like a higher end response to your body. Um, what has it, been, have you had a lot of moments in your building of your brand where you're like, was that the right choice? No, you know, I never second guessed the luxury positioning. Like that's something that when I started, it's really what I, the lane that I wanted to, to be in, because that's really where I see this like culmination of the rich storytelling and the ingredients like saffron that I wanted to use, which is the most expensive spice in the world to this like packaging. And I just, that was always the story that I wanted to tell. I mean, Ayurveda, um, really, you know, South Asian culture in general, there's a million ways. This is not something that one brand can bring to life. This is something that, you know, there's thousands, I mean, even in India, hundreds of brands um, that represent the Ayurvedic space. I still think we're even differentiated in that market as well. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the point. If someone else is doing it, I want to allow them to do that. I want to create my own vision. And luxury was just a thing that I wanted to redefine. You know, culturally driven brands can be luxurious. And India is so luxurious. And just that inspiration with the kings and the queens and the 
the craftsmanship and the ingredients like that was just such a rich story that I'm always falling in love with again and again. So I never envisioned it in a different way. And I'm, I'm really happy at how that's um, how that's come across. Having lived in India, I think for me, the misconception of, of India not being opulent is something that I don't I don't identify with because when you when you're there, the the density and the culture, like the the actual experience that you get, whether you're in Jaipur and you're watching like the the colors and the vibrancy, and there's so many layers to it that makes it so valuable. Um, yeah, and, and I think it's, no, I agree, and I think it's like it's not just the palace; it's like the people behind that level of craftsmanship. So even when we think about the saffron serum, for example, you know, it's so much more, I actually have it right here. It's so much more than <laughs> the beauty of the bottle. Like this has- well, Which you did do a phenomenal job. As someone who appreciates branding, like you did a phenomenal job with it. Thank you. Um, but you know what's cool about it? It's like, it looks beautiful, but actually the the rich history of what's in here is also really special. And like, the hands that created it and the process is really just as equally as, you know, beautiful as the packaging. So what's inside really matches what's outside. And that's where I think the beauty of India is. It's it's in that sixth, like our Kansa wand is made by a sixth generation uh, Kansa um, house, an artisan. And how cool is that, that you're touching something that has been done it's in their blood. And that's just something you can really appreciate when you see it, you know, on your vanity. It's like, wow, that's a piece of history. That's something that this family has made their life's work. Like, it's amazing. There's an artisan side to it too, like an artistic value to most things that are created there. That, Like when you go through some of the markets and you realize like what they've created, it's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. um, and you can nerd out about it for hours. I do, at least. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like sourcing such incredible ingredients in North America? So we source everything in India. So everything is made in India. And um, so we really stay true to, I think you couldn't really honestly replicate the products here in the US. Like, it's just not possible. From the way that they're made in the copper vessels, to actually getting the ingredients. I mean, it would be incredibly difficult to do that. And so I think that's kind of a cool point of difference that we have is, you know, you're really getting that authentic feel, but then the packaging is something that's really approachable to someone that's not South Asian. You know, that's really what it was made for, you know, to be appreciated by the South Asian community, but also to be welcoming enough for others to really dive in head first into something that's authentic, but still, looks beautiful on a modern vanity. How has the bridging of the education gap been for your consumer? Because everyone can benefit from your products. Yeah, I think it's been, you know, numbers are such a universal level way of communication. So when you can say something like, you know, in a clinical study, 100% of people, you know, statistically noticed a reduction in fine lines and wrinkles, um, that that's universal. And so I think, by in that way, it feels like because it's so results driven, we've been able to kind of play ball with so many of the other brands and speak the same language that they're hearing from other brands, whether they be clinical brands 
or clean beauty brands or really anything in between. Like we're able to compete because the product works. And then when you get into it and you see, you know, how unique it is, the story that it tells, I've actually noticed so, um, I don't know, just really heartwarming to see like it, people get are like, oh, this reminds me of this experience. And that's like people that didn't even grow up in India. And then people that grew up in India will have different things that it evokes. And so I just think it's really cool that somehow it's very familiar to a lot of people, even if they may not be from that culture. And I think that's really special because it means that people are connecting and this is becoming a mode for them to connect cross-culturally, which is a really beautiful thing and something that I've always wanted to be a part of. It's something that I've identified with. Just I always labeled myself as a third culture um, individual. And so now having things that bridge both worlds is magical. When you can say to someone, hey, this is founded in philosophies and structural elements from heritage, but then it's not it doesn't have a barrier yeah it's it's magical you're doing something great oh thank you of course can you share a experience a pinch me moment on this journey that you've had oh gosh um you know i feel like it's filled with so many of them mainly because you know i didn't really come in here to think that i was you know trying to build something at the level that it has become but I will say, you know, just on the team, you know, as we have, we have our all hands call and it gets a little bigger and bigger and just the quality of people that we have working on this brand, being inspired and motivated every day to grow. And they see this opportunity in Ranavat and many of them are not of South Asian descent. There are some that are, but it's really exciting to see a very diverse, unique group of people rally around this little dream that I had. Like sometimes I'm like, wow, how did I get so lucky to work with this amazing team? And yeah, it's just really fulfilling. What are fundamentals to someone who was thinking about starting in your lane that you would you would caution them on or teach them about or educate them on? Yeah, I would a big thing I see is, you know, people wanting to be like other brands. And I think that that's something, you know, you can get inspiration, but if you're going to do something that other people are doing, you're not in a white space just by definition of what you're using to kind of create the brand. And so that's kind of what I would urge people to do is like, really think about what's unique to you. You know, the best, you you are unique individuals, only one person like you in this entire world. So leverage that, leverage something, you know, don't just look at someone else and be like, oh, well, they're succeeding. So I'm just going to copy that and do everything that, you know, you could take inspiration. There's definitely ways that people have grown their businesses, but if you're doing something that's not unique, I feel like you're going to run into the same thing over and over again, which is like, what's your point of difference? And you're you going to end up paying for it, like in many regards, if you're not unique or you, you're not doing it for your own passion, then it shows it, it will translate, whether it's on socials or somehow. Yeah, for sure. So if you were to describe your brand in three words, what would it be? A royal ritual, I would say, you know, just very simple, but that's, I just think it embodies the luxury of the brand, the fact that so many people come to us about a ritual, you know, I, the, the 
experience and the feeling. So I think it's really fitting. What is that feeling that you leave people with as a brand? Just kind of coming into yourself more. So the feeling of calm, the feeling of being your cup being filled, um, feeling like your skin and hair are improved. You know, I think that that's a huge part of people's confidence. You know, I want to create an alignment between who they are inside and what they see in the mirror and bridging that gap, you know, making people just look and feel their best. It's, it's such a fun, beauty is just such a fun space because you see people's reactions. Like, oh my God, I got so many compliments when I used your serum. Like people are complimenting on my skin. I'm like, oh, that's like literally the best feeling. So I love being a small part of that. What's one misconception that people have about the beauty industry? Um, I think maybe people probably feel like it's um, like mean girls or catty. And it's honestly, I think anyone that works in the beauty industry is never going to go to another industry because it's actually the most fun. I think everyone in the beauty industry, they're so passionate, so nice. It's its like, I don't know, it's, it's just like a little secret in some ways. Like the people that know about the beauty industry, they'll never leave. And the people that don't know about it don't realize like how nice people are. Like it's really fun. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Humans, human, like good humans is nice to find, mm-hmm. especially in a vertical. Yeah, absolutely. What's your personal story? What's your background in this entire process? Tell us about you. Sure. So my background is uh, in industrial engineering. So I studied, you know, two different engineering degrees, really, you know, focusing on the science of it all. Um, then, uh, as I hinted before, after college, I went to work at a uh, financial firm. And then in 08, when the crisis happened, I pivoted into the pharma industry. So working with my dad, um, manufacturing, sourcing, uh, ingredient um, identification, quality management, product development, you know, all of those things that you really want to put into a beautiful product. You know, those are things that I learned, except that it was about pharma ingredients, which is cool, but not as exciting as the beauty industry. So, um, you know, that's when I started to think about, you know, what, what is it that I might want to create? And, you know, that's when I started experiencing a lot of postpartum hair loss and just seeing a lot of changes in my skin and hair. And that's when, I just personally started to turn to Ayurveda and seeing those results kind of put two and two together for me that like, hey, maybe this is something that I can use my ingredient sourcing expertise to bring to life. And I wish that they could be sold at a place like Sephora. I wish um, Ayurveda was more spoken about or more well known. And so that's kind of how it all happened. Absolutely. I, um, when it comes to Ayurveda, there's so much that I wish people knew. Um, mm-hmm. When someone walks in and says their gut health is on fire or their like, hair is falling out, there's so many tools and it's wonderful that you bottled it so that people can make it feasible uh-huh. in their Thank lives. Um, it's definitely a, a big deal what you've done and it's pretty awesome. It's awesome uh-huh. to be the trailblazer in it. Thank you. Can you share a story about a challenge that you found, like a, a line that you had up against a wall? Yeah, um, you know, there's there's a lot of challenges. I mean, especially when it comes to building a team. And I think one of the challenges is like when you bring in some really good people, which I think it's a good challenge to have, the bar is just so high. So when you're bringing on new talent, it's like you need to maintain that bar. And 
you know, it's just, it's really hard to find people that are passionate about what they do. They have the specific expertise that you need, and then they connect with the whole team. So I just feel like we've actually just created, we're a victim of our own success. We've created such a incredible team that we're really sensitive about who we bring into it and who we want to work with on a day-to-day basis. And so it's, but when we find the right person, it's almost like an instant magnet. They connect and we can't imagine our world without them. But it's definitely a challenge when you're trying to grow the business. You have to hire talent, but you have this like, you know, you have this like goal of we can't let our standards down. So it's, it's a little bit tough. It takes time. And the humans do translate into the product too. So like having a team like moment where you're like that maybe not a fit will translate into everything else. So it's such a big, uh, important thing to address. I think I heard it from Netflix where they were like, hire slowly, fire fast. Yes, that's what they say. I don't know if I've heard it before. And I agree with that. I think... I think that's absolutely true. And I also think like as you grow the team, there's this like one plus one is more than two kind of feeling that you want. You want people to really click and connect and want to work cross-functionally. And that's kind of the tricky part. But what's been really good is we've been able to bring on some really great people. So there's like very little micromanaging that happens. It's like when, when like the creative team is shooting. It's like, I don't approve the mood board. I don't, I don't look at anything because I know that I hired the best person for the job. And so it just oh, gets that's so weird. nice for your brain. Like your brain actually gets a moment. Well, then I'm focusing on other things, but it is, it is good, you know, to not have to focus on every, every aspect of the business and trust the team that, you know, you created and the experts that are there to bring that part to life. Walk us through a typical day. What does that look like for you? Um, you know, every day is different. I mean, the beginning of the week, I was in Vegas for a conference, which was really cool just to kind of see what's out there. It's called Shop Talk. It was really valuable. Um, so, you know, and at that time, a typical day was, you know, there. Uh, you know, today, I love Fridays because I always have a little more flexibility in my schedule. Went to the warehouse, connected with the ops team. We have a fun all-hands call. I like to schedule a lot of calls in the morning, especially with UK and Europe. So typically I'm doing that at that time. I mean, this is a pretty action-packed schedule between travel and just the, the work that we're trying to do in terms of the products that we're launching, working with Sephora, growing the brand, adding people, you know, interviewing takes time. Um, there's still a lot of time in the day. Like it's, it flies by. It does. What was global expansion like for you? It's been great. I mean, I think to see the brand translate across so many different countries is really phenomenal. And I see so much opportunity in strengthening that. I think it's really tough to maintain because, you know, we launched in London, uh, in the UK in general, and had such an amazing response. I haven't gone there in maybe like six to nine months and I can already see like, oh man, we have to go there again. Like it's, you have to continuously feed these these regions, right? Like you can't just be in the US and think you're gonna grow in the UK. Like you have to be there. You have to dedicate that time. You have to have a whole strategy, a PR team, influencers. You know, it just, it's not like you can put your product on the shelf and think that the work is done. 
Um, and so, you know, it takes a lot of time and energy. So it's been really fulfilling to see the brand proliferate around the world. But at the same time, I think we're also trying to be mindful of like, okay, maybe we need to slow down and dig deeper in every, make sure that we're able to support UK, US and Canada in a very high touch way, because that's going to set us up for success to grow in these other regions that we love and want to expand to. But we don't want to just throw things on a shelf and like have an okay launch. Like we want to do it in a really big way when we're able to do that. What was the biggest obstacle that you saw along the way? Uh, for global expansion? Just in general as a product launch. Honestly, it, it, there wasn't really too much in terms of obstacles. I think it's honestly the fun part when you're launching the product and you get to go to a different country and you get to, you know, it's really exciting to see it on the shelves of Harrods or Holt Renfrew in Canada. So, I mean, of course, there's a whole logistics end that's always a little bit tough, but um, I feel like we have a really great uh, team on, on that front. So, so thankfully, that's been um, pretty smooth. How proud has your dad been throughout this whole process? Oh, he's the best. I mean, my dad is like the star of the show in so many of our videos. And yeah, he's just like taught me everything I know. And, you know, I don't know if he's like said in so many words, like, I'm proud of you, but you could really. Okay, he's, see... a, he's a South Asian dad. They don't. Do yeah, that. <laughs> they don't say that. But I actually think his actions are so much more like telling, like he flies with me to India. Anytime I go to India, he'll like not let me go alone. He's like, I'm going with you. I'll take time off of work and he'll go with me to India. And I mean, he's been there every step of the way. Like anything I tell him, like I want his help on, he does. So, you know, walk into the warehouse and he's immediately stickering things and, you know, telling people to do it in this way or do it in that way. And I mean, it's awesome. Like, I think those are all ways that he's really impacted my journey. It's really nice to to hear because I think oftentimes we it's not the verbal affirmation that we get. It's more the through action. Yeah. And it's beautiful to see. Was he your biggest inspiration growing up or what was? Both of my parents, honestly, my entire family, I feel like I'm really lucky. I love I can talk to my sisters about work. I can talk to my mom, my dad, like they all encourage me in different ways. Um, they're huge supporters. Like my sister will still go on the website and order product and send it to, and as a gift, anytime she has a gift to give, she'll like go on my website and order something. So it's, I mean, my mom, my mom's like technically the number one customer in Shopify still to the day. So yeah, it's really cool. She's, that's a good mom. Yeah. She's been supporting uh, in so many ways. And, you know, I think I, it just feels like I feel really lucky for that. That's wonderful to hear. What do you think? Have you have you seen a bigger bigger lift on e-com or in retail? Like which would you, which is accelerating for you? Um, I think they're all. I think the whole point is like we just want to grow the pie. Whether it's people shopping in retail or people coming to our website, we're really happy with all the customers that we have and just really grateful. I don't think. You know, sometimes I think success is really relative. If you said, you know, I have this goal to be a billion dollar company next month and I don't do that. Like, yeah, I could say I didn't meet my goal, but I could also just look at the people that are coming and be really grateful and thankful for that. And I think that's really honestly what we've been doing. Um, I just think about ways to improve 
do more with what we can, um, provide a better experience to our customers. Uh, and I know all those things will ultimately result in sales, but I don't start thinking about sales and working backwards. And in terms of channels, you know, whether it's our DTC or retail, like I just want the customer to be able to buy the product, whether they want to get it on our site, whether they want to walk into Sephora. Um, to me, it's just about delivering that experience in the most seamless way. What has been the most exciting moment that you've had in this journey? Uh, I mean, the Sephora launch, I have to say, like that was a pretty big dream. And the fact that that actually happened, sometimes I don't believe it. And they've been a pretty awesome partner. And it feels really cool to be a part of that like small group of people that sell at a company that is just like excellence in every single way. Like every person that works there is so impressive their drive, their passion. You just know you're working with the best when you work with them. And I think it just make it forces you to elevate your game to that level. And so I love that challenge. I've seen you on social media quite a bit. What has that been like for you being a bit of the face of the brand in that process? Oh, it's been really fun. I mean, I feel like I don't do anything that's not authentic to me. So, you know, I feel like I... I love it. I love interacting, love seeing people's questions, comments, concerns sometimes. And I love knowing about that so we can address. I mean, every part, good, bad, everything in between, like it's so nice to just be in the middle of it, experiencing it all just because I want to know. I want to know what's happening um, because that's the magic of the brand. Um, Really a story to the audience of working in the brand and a moment that you had where you were like, aha, I did it. This is it. This is it. This is that moment. I mean, I really do think I have to go back to the Sephora thing because that was always when I started the brand, I was thinking like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, hair oil, instead of being, you know, at the bottom of a shelf in an Indian grocery store, if it could be more accessible in a luxury, you know, store like Sephora, like how cool would that be? And so that I did feel like I did it, but I also feel like, well, now that's the beginning of another journey of we're a small brand at a huge store like Sephora. We've got to grow. We've got to level up to this opportunity. And so it's also a moment where we're like, wow, we're small again. We're, we're ready to start all over. And that's really cool. It's really nice to feel like there's another challenge ahead of us. What is that landscape going to look like for the next year to two years for you? Um, really growing, expanding the team, doing more work around um, just getting more eyeballs on the product. I think what's awesome is we have such a great platform. People love the, the saffron serum. They love the hair serum. Every single SKU, honestly, is really, really productive. So I feel like I know we have such a great um, assortment and we have a great team behind it and we have a great message. Like we have so many things going for us, but we don't have the brand awareness that we need. And so now it's kind of the fun part of starting to share the brand on a bigger level and seeing what that impact is going to be. And I don't know, I know we can do it because we've proven it in a small scale. And now it's just all about getting the word out, which is really fun. Well, you have a, a, the the problem oftentimes that I see is that you people in general um, don't have a quality product and then they try to market. But you have a product that has repeat purchase. And so 
Like you have actual people that once they adopt your product, they love your product. Like I love your product. We love your product. And so once someone actually uses it, utilizes it, sees it on their shelf because it's also beautiful, then that repeat is there. So then just pushing it in front of people and getting people to actually understand the message is all you need to do. That's exactly. And now we have a team. So if let's say we had, you know, a huge influencer mentions it as their favorite all time product. Well, now we have a, a team that's able to meet that demand, that's able to like do something. I mean, you know, had that and I would have loved if it happened, you know, within the first five years, that would have been great. But we've just never had we've had awesome moments. We've never had any big viral moments. And I think that's almost a good thing because we've had to work for every single follower, for every single customer. And so much of it has just been like organic friends telling family members or friends about it, which is awesome. But now if we want to scale and take this to the next level, it's for sure going to be about, um, you know, hopefully having some of those in our future. But yeah, some things just come with time. So it's been really great being patient, building that platform. And now it's just about scaling it. Well, I found that I was actually, I found your brand through, I was flying through London to get home. And on the way, I got your Herod's post oh, from your account. Oh, no way. That's and so cool. you walking into Herod's and I was like, oh, I identify with that. Yeah. I understand that. Let me stop off and buy some and then no head home. And so on the way, I picked up some and it was such a, it was a beautiful moment of really connecting with you. So I find that sometimes not having the virality allows us to see you and then once we see you we get to know you then the virality can come and that's wonderful yeah no i agree i think it's in the long run it's always better to go the slow road where you're actually just building one customer at a time and growing your brand i mean it's not it just takes a long time it's not an easy thing to do but feel like we've done it for five years. So it's really exciting to to now feel like, okay, we're in this moment where things can grow from here, which we're excited about. But as I said before, we're just, we're really grateful about where we are even today. But that, that also fills the manifestation cup, right? Like having that gratitude to be on that level and being like, I, I really feel this, but now I have some, I have some things I want. I have some energy that I'm going to put towards it. Oh, and I can see that from you. Like even saying like, now you're a new brand, a small brand in a big retailer. Like you have that energy of like, no, no, I want to be, I want to be the big oh, one. No, we're, I feel like I'm very motivated and not again, from like a sales perspective. I just think we have not capital motivation. Yeah. Yeah. We just have what, like, I just think this little serum and this brand just deserves um, it's moment. It deserves to be exposed and people to experience it because I really feel like we're we're sharing something that is authentic to who we are, and it's really different. Like I just think the strongest thing we have is point of differentiation, and I feel like it's just not like anything people can experience in any other way. So that gets so me really walk excited. me through the product then. If someone is listening to this and they've never experienced your product, tell me about it. Tell me the story of your product. So I mean, oh it God. is like, as I said, nothing you've ever experienced before. I mean, the saffron serum, if you've been to India, then you may have 
experience something similar, but not exactly the same. Because what we do is like everything is a bit modernized. So when you think about our saffron serum, which is made in copper vessels over 18 day period with real saffron and adaptogens, you're just experiencing this part of history, but it has the clinical you know, the clinical results to prove its relevance as to why it levels up your vitamin C, why and how it brightens your skin. Um, and so I think when people experience it, they're just kind of like taken on this journey, whether it's someone connecting with saffron itself or someone that doesn't experience saffron, but it's a new memory that they're creating. Either way, it's so calming and it's just something you can't get anywhere else. I like it. Which product is your baby? There's always one. Well, everything, honestly, our line and our assortment is so tight. So there's not anything that, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Like I use every single product all the time. The Brightening Saffron Serum is the number one. I mean, it drives so much of our customer acquisition because I think that's what like people come to. Then as they start, experiencing it, I think they start to go broader into the line and people are just like, wow, this is like a treasure trove. Like it just keeps getting better and better. Like as I start experiencing and layering this whole ritual together, because I did put it together like a, a symphony, you know, I wanted, we don't have two of the same product. We don't have two toners. We don't have two masks. It's like everything has a way, like if the saffron serum is a little more herbaceous then we've got the jasmine mist to kind of balance that out or the cleanser is a very light, creamy texture versus the richness. So, you know, everything has a reason that it exists. So as you kind of discover the line, you get a better and better appreciation for how everything plays together. It almost seems like you just took me on a journey for the product and that's lovely. It seems like there's a there's an actual ethos within every single one and a reason oh, yeah. why you use a product. Absolutely. And so if you were to summate why someone, like, what is the purpose of your product? What is it? What does it help them with? So better skin and hair. I mean, we have definitely pioneered um, when it comes to hair care, uh, the first ever Ayurvedic bond strengthening shampoo and conditioner. So it's clinically proven to strengthen hair. 66% of people notice a reduction in hair fall. Um, so if you're seeing a lot of hair in the drain when you're shampooing your hair, you should definitely try the shampoo conditioner. It's incredible. And when you pair that with the hair serum, it's like beautiful ritual. So, I mean, honestly, it's just all results, results, results. Like that is what people can expect. They can expect better skin, better hair. And, you know, it is the whole, the whole feeling and uniqueness of the line is really just icing on the cake. Um, especially postpartum. I, I have experienced the hair loss that is not enjoyable. <laughs> like yeah. um, that would, that would solve a lot of needs for a lot of people. And that's pretty, pretty yeah. great. And I think like men too, like just the emphasis of maintaining great hair and scalp, that's something that's really top of mind. And, you know, we're, we did like scalp tests and clinical tests on this phenomenon. And I think, I think it'd be really helpful for guys too. And that's something that we want to get better at is like messaging a little more broadly because I, I think in the hair care vertical, especially men are neglected a little bit. I think men are neglected in general in the beauty industry. And I think there's a lot of opportunity 
to really speak to them because they have skin to skin. You have the same needs. And, you know, I just want to make sure that they know that our product works for them too. I think there was a study done that mentioned um, that when someone is looking for a partner, they actually look to hair first and then everything else. Oh, that's so, so funny. Interesting. Well, guys, if you're listening, get that shampoo conditioner. For... <laughs> it'll it'll increase mm-hmm. your odds. I don't yeah. know about your personality, but the yeah. rest it'll yeah. increase. Exactly. <laughs> might be, might be contingent on that part, but they they can improve that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what has been the biggest mistake that you people you see people doing in their skincare routine or their hair care routine that you would advise them? Um, I mean, this is so simple, but if you ask anyone in the beauty industry, they're going to say this, it's not reading the directions. Like, so I'm telling you it, yes, skincare is somewhat complicated and, you know, we're always here to help provide, you know, guidance and concierge service to help you pick out what you want. But there's some people that are just like, Oh, um, like I've been using this in this, like, I don't know, I don't have a great example, but it's like, or like I've been leaving the mask on for 40 minutes or something. And it like says specifically, like use it for two to five minutes. So there's just like little things like that. Like just read the directions. Like you may think you know how to use something, but you don't know what the ingredients are. Just read, (laughs) read the directions. And then I think for like great brands, like they will have some type of great customer experience. So don't be shy, reach out to the customer experience and be like, hey, I bought these four products. Like, how would you, this is my skin type. Like, how would I use it? And then, you know, you'll get the answer that you need. It is actually funny to talk about the directions. Like oftentimes people don't even read directions on like how to make food or how to do something. No, I know. And I feel like we've all done it and it's fine, but... (laughs) You know, I think sometimes it's like it, it makes it better when you do yeah, actually it follow the directions. Like you don't, yeah. you know, you don't bake without actually following the directions. Otherwise, you have some horrible muffins. Like exactly do the same with your face. <laughs> um, a big part of it, I think, like I've done that with like teeth whitening. I like completely did not read the instructions. Thought I had to leave it on there for too long. Very bad. Bad yeah, idea. Exactly. So. Such a simple read the directions. Yeah. And it takes a while to develop your instructions and like a lot of science goes into it. So as well, enjoy that. Okay. Well, can, is there anything exciting launching or coming up for you in the near future? Well, we really want to do a lot of community events. So super excited about, you know, going to New York and London again, and hopefully Canada. Um, That's just a huge part of our community and making sure that we're connecting with everyone. So definitely stay tuned for IRL moments. I'll definitely be flying around and um, just having fun with the whole community. And it's one of my, like my favorite parts of the job. Any takeaways you want to leave anyone with? I would say um, if there's anything that you connected with or want to know more about, just send me a DM on Instagram at Ronavat. That's like my favorite thing to do, connect with you. So like, feel free to jump on, be a part of our community. And I would just love to hear from you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, It was a great conversation. I look forward to more. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.